thank you for your giving. We're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray. I normally pray over the preaching moment, but I'm going to pray a few different prayers. I do have some uh, unfortunate news. Um, my brother Stephen and his wife, Ty, she lost her mother on yesterday. She passed away. And so pray, pray for them. Also, our sister Juanita, she's, uh, she's been battling. Uh, just I won't give you all the details, but she's been battling in her health, and she needs a prayer as well. And one other thing, Mother King, Mother King is, is likewise battling. And so I'm just going to pray for all of those, and then we'll go right into the preaching moment. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you and we do praise you, God. And God, while we are celebrating a super Sunday, God, we know that there's no one more supernatural than you. And we understand that if you want to, you can stop anything, God. But God, if you decide to do something different, we are just uh, with your will. We say your will be done, God. And God, for Mama, who just passed away, we know she's in your arms, God. But for the other two who are yet uh, fighting, God, we pray that you would give them more time. But if you choose not to, God, we understand that they will be in your arms. But give us the grace and the strength to handle it all. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say amen. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Or your pom-pom in your hand. Repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Now say this with all the strength you can muster. Father God, feed me your word. Say it one more time. Father God, feed me your word. If you believe you're going to be fed this morning, go ahead and make some noise. Amen. And before we preach, I will say that uh, one of our members just hit 50 a few days ago. So happy birthday, Brother Jason. Amen. The, the big 5-0. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And as we're talking about people fighting for their life, he didn't have to be here. But God has preserved his life. And for that, we're grateful. Amen. All right, so I want them to go ahead and bring up, before we give you the, the title, I want them to bring up this short little graphic. It says Super Sunday, and at the bottom it says, get in the game. Why don't you just, you don't have to tell your neighbor, but just say it out loud, say get in the game. Get in the game. It's high time that we get in the game. That's going to lead me to the title for today's message, and the title is simply this, Winning Time. But let me know, let you know something. You can't win if you don't get in the game. And so you got to get in the game. And before I preach, I'm going to do it backwards. Like normally, preachers at the end of the sermon, they invite people to accept the Lord. I'm going to invite folks to accept the Lord at the beginning of the service. Because you can't win unless you get in the game. 
So if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus in the pardon of their sins, it's just as simple as saying, Lord, save me. We've made it so complicated. We've made it so hard. But sometimes all you need to know, the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall put down the cigarettes, that ain't what the Bible says. It said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. And so if you're here and you're watching by online and you, I don't know what state you're in and you don't know Jesus and somebody told you you can't be saved because you're too gay, you cuss too much, I need to let you know that all you need to do is call on the name of the Lord and say, Lord, save me. If I was drowning and I was fighting for my life, I don't want you to tell me I got the wrong clothes on. I don't want you to tell me I smell like weed. I just want you to grab and pull me up. So if you're in that case, God can pull you up. So having said that, now let's preach it as if we already saved. And somebody say, winning time. Winning time. It's time to win. And so uh, in winning time, there are losing moments. There are people who have won games that were down the first, second, third quarter. All you need to do is make sure when the final buzzer sounds, you're on the winning side. So just because you've been losing on 2020, 2021, and 2022, and 2023, doesn't mean it's still not winning time. One thing I love, and I, I, I maybe I'll talk about it next week because that's basketball, but one thing I loved about Michael Jordan, he was born for the fourth quarter. Everything could be going wrong, but give him the ball at the crucial moments, he can make something happen. I'm here to let you know you may have been losing, but God is stepping in in the crucial moment of your life, and it is winning time now. All right, so let's give us this four ways to win in the game of life. Four ways to win in the game of life. First of all, I want to give us a definition, an overarching definition of game. Here it is, a form of play or sport, especially a competitive one, played according to rules and decided by skill, strength, or luck. Say it again, according to rules, and decide, well, yeah, you can repeat it. According to rules, and decided by skill, strength, or luck. So, I want to start with this. Even though I just read that to you, I want to start with this first point. First point is this. Don't rely on luck. Yes, you can win by some luck. But I want you not to rely on luck. The problem with relying on luck is you can't tell anybody else how you got the win. Because you have no idea I just lucked into it. And it's, it's okay to have luck every now and then, but we know how luck works. Luck doesn't always go in one direction. All right, so having said that, let me give you a scripture. Now, I'm going to read these scriptures first, and Mother Mitchell, I'll let you pick up in the next points. But Ecclesiastes 9, 11 through 12 says this. It says, I have seen something else under the sun. The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong. A lot of people quote he who endures to the end, but that's not what the scripture says. It says, nor does food come to the wise, 
or wealth to the brilliant or favor to the learned, but time and chance happen to them all. In other words, we all going to get lucky by time or chance. I know y'all saved and y'all ain't never been to Vegas and pulled that, that little lever down, but some folk have done it and some people got lucky. Some people did not. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I went to Vegas and I played in pool. I lost $20 and that was in for me. I'm too cheap. <laughs> Baby, I'm gone. Man. I don't, you, you, ain't got to, you ain't got to tell me nothing else. 20 was all I needed. But some people get lucky and some people don't. But look at this next part of the verse. Verse 12, it says this. Moreover, no one knows when their hour will come. Nobody knows when their lucky hour will come. As fish are caught in a cruel net or birds are taken in a snare, so people are trapped by evil times that fall unexpectedly upon them. Now put this picture up and I will explain it. Here's the problem with luck. There's good luck and there's bad luck. And so if you rely on luck, you might be lucky today and unlucky tomorrow. And because time and chance happens to us all, whether you save or unsaved, rich or poor, we've all had a bad day. And we've all had a good day. So if you want to win, you can't base everything on luck. Now, in the definition of game, it says skill, strength, and luck. A lot of people are relying and leaning on luck, but luck is too. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. <laughs> what I really want to say, like Frank Sinatra said, luck is like a woman. You don't know what you're going to get. It, so, but wishy-washy is probably a better way to say it so I don't get in trouble. But, but you can't rely on luck. So, Having said that, and since I got the Holy Ghost and I'm wearing coats, colors, I, I want to travel back uh, about 17 years to the year 2007. Would you put this picture up here? It's a picture of Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning is holding up the Super Bowl championship, the first Super Bowl that he ever won, and the Colts won the Super Bowl. After all the tears and crying, we finally got us a Super Bowl. But what's interesting is it may be hard to see it from where you're sitting. Those who are at home, you can see it quite well. But it was raining very bad that day in Miami. And it rained poorly and harshly. And it was the Bears as well as the Colts that were playing. And as the game started off, uh, Devin Hester ran the very first touchback, and the Colts were down 7-0 to right off the start. Before two, three minutes into the match, they were already down seven points. And it's raining on top of that. But the Colts came out superior. Well, I learned a story behind the scenes. They, they know where they're going to play at, and so they know they were playing in Miami, and they know that that Miami Stadium had an open roof. And so the forecast said it might rain. They, you don't know when it's going to rain, if it's going to rain. It just said might. And anybody ever looked at the forecast and a newscaster, they may be right, they may be wrong. You can't bank your life on what they say. However, 
Uh, a man named Jeff Saturday, who was a sinner, the sinner for you or ladies, is the person who puts the ball between his legs and snaps it to the quarterback. So Peyton talked to Jeff several weeks before and said, I want to practice wet snaps just in case it rains. So the coach brought out Gatorade vats filled with water and they took footballs and plunged them in the water and they practiced slippery snaps just in case. Now when he got to the game and he got on the big stage and it was raining, he wasn't scared because he didn't rely on luck. He was already prepared. Now, I don't want to go back to what I picked up in 2023, but I preached to us about the power of preparation. And the problem with some of us, the reason why we don't win is because we leave everything to time and chance and we never prepare and plan ahead. Woo, baby, I was almost late to work and I caught every light. You would need to catch every light if you left 10 minutes ahead of time. Preparation beats luck every day of the week. And in the season that we're in and all the hell that we're going through and all that is going on, the young man who was a part of this ministry when he first came out of jail, Brother Javante, was minding his business, just riding him because the police were chasing somebody else. And they got they hit them who hit him, and then he lost his life. You don't know when your next breath would be. So this is not the time to play. Prepare ahead of time. We had a funeral just on yesterday and the preacher was talking about the scripture that says you're just one step between life and death. And since you're one step between life and death, you can't leave everything up to chance. And so when you travel, yes, you done paid Expedia, you done paid Airbnb, you done paid Spirit and Frontier, but you don't even pray before you get on the trip. You don't pray before you buy the tickets. Baby, this is not the time to play. You need to be prepared. I pray when I wake up, God, if it be your will, I'll be here or be there. But God, if you want me to stay still, I stay still. I'm not the controller of my life. God, you're the controller of my life. So God, I want to do it your way. What is your will? Now, when you ask him, what his will is, he may pull what he pulled on Jesus. And you may have to be like Jesus and say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Yes, that man looks good right now, but if ain't in the will of God, he going to take you through a bunch of hell that you don't have to go through. Yes, that woman is built like a brick house. Ow! But if is not in the will of God. It's going to take you through hell you don't need to go through. I'm here to let you know you better be prepared because luck is too unstable. Very unstable. Very unstable. The older I get, I've had to do things that I normally wouldn't do. And some years ago, I had to get on top of my roof. And wasn't nobody there but me and my boys and 
they may not have been a whole lot of help, but I was like, y'all come out here, and I want both of y'all on both sides of this ladder. Daddy, what you doing? I'm going up here, and I don't want you playing. I want you to hold. I don't want you on your phone. I want you to hold. I don't want to come tumbling down. I, I'm trying to prepare the best way I can. I got to go up here, but I'm not going up here just by happenstance. I'm not going up here willy-nilly. I'm taking some steps. I'm planning this thing out because I want to win. And some of us are too lackadaisical about life and too just que sera, sera, que sera, sera. That's for another day in time. Life is too crazy to walk around que sera, sera. Have you ever looked in these people's eyes today? They are not here. They are walking out here, but they are not here. You cannot play with chance. You have to be prepared. So how do you prepare? I pray to prepare. I read to prepare. I worship to prepare. That's why it's hard for some people to worship in church because they don't practice worship before they get here. They wait till you open the doors to worship. Baby, I don't need a song in a building to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. The fact that I woke up and I got breath in my body. I got to praise all by myself. I got to praise, praise, praise. I prepare to praise. I prepare to give. Even in the Bible, it talks about preparing to give. You prepare to give. Sometimes you got everything laid out, but you forget the house of God. You prepare. So it's very important not to rely on luck alone, but to have some preparation. And somebody say preparation. preparation. All right, I want us to go back to that uh, picture. When you look at this picture... Also, you see something interesting. It's not just Peyton Manning, but behind him, you see a black man back there whose name was Tony Dungy. What was interesting about this particular Super Bowl, both coaches, both coaches were black men. So it was guaranteed this was going to be the first time in history that a black coach had led a team to the Super Bowl. So for Black History Month, you have to understand that this is a black history moment. But that brings me to another point. Here is point number two. If you want to win in life, you need to get a coach and you need to be coachable. Number one, you need a coach. Number two, you need to be coachable. We have a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, but then don't want to be told anything. If you don't know what you're doing, and all your life, you keep making blunders. You need to sit down and listen to somebody. Man, I don't like he think he all that. He may think he all that, but he got the information you need. So stop being so high and mighty. Humble yourself. Get a coach and be coachable. Well, Pastor Andre, I want you to help me fix my credit. Okay, the first thing we got to do is cut up the cards you got now. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you don't want your credit fixed, baby. You got to be able to do what the coach is telling you to do. And what's interesting is that Tony Dungy had been in the league years before. So there's some stuff that he has seen that Peyton Manning has not seen. And yes, Peyton Manning has a more a Hall of Fame career, but just because the person who's mentoring you may not have as much fame as you don't mean you don't need them in your life. Oh, Lord, let me pause and talk to you young folk because your mama 
don't know how to turn on an Apple iPhone, you feel like she's so old and foggy, she can't tell you what to do. She may not know something about technology, but she done lived enough life that you need to shut up and listen to what she got to say. Yeah, your daddy may not know how to dress. He may not know the latest words and the latest talk. But let me let you know something. He done lived through some stuff that can get you where you need to go. So you have to learn how to sit down, get a coach, and be coachable. And that includes the things of God. Just because you gave your heart to the Lord don't mean you, doesn't mean you know everything you need to know about the things of God. You need a coach. You need a mentor. And so let's go ahead and let's read this. Uh, Proverbs 11 and 14. This is from the King James Version. Read that, Mother Mitchell. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Mm, you make a lot of mistakes and you don't win in life because you do a lot of stuff in secret. It's okay to move in secret as long as the moving in secret produces a win. But if you're always moving in secret and it produces a loss, you need to tell somebody what you're doing before you're going to do it. Amen. As a pastor, sometimes they tell me after I can't do nothing else about it. Well, pastor, I, I, I bought a new house. But you got kicked out the apartment two weeks ago. Maybe you should have waited for a second. Maybe we should have tried to regroup. But here's the thing. This is what a, a lot of people do. They get smart. If I don't want to be coached, I don't tell you what I'm doing till it's already done. Yeah. Come on, parents. Y'all know that your kids call you with some stuff. And they call you and want you to bail them out of stuff that they didn't ask you about to begin with. Right. Now they're in trouble. They got a bunch of debt. They need you to help them out. Mama, help me. Daddy, help me. But where was mama and daddy when you made the decision? You didn't want nobody to know what you're doing because you're grown. Grown folk need coaches Amen. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Here's a problem. A lot of us talk to folk that ain't doing no better than us. She divorced, she divorced, she divorced, and all y'all trying to talk about how you're going to keep your man. Maybe you need to change the folk that you're talking to and talk to somebody else that's going to coach you. Because here's the thing, when people are already jealous of you, sometimes they give you bad information because they don't want to see you getting up to begin with. You need a coach that don't care. Don't care about stepping on your toes. Don't care about hurting your feelings. Don't care if you don't like what they say or not. All they care is about you winning in the end. A good coach will pull you out the game and sit you down. Even though you may be one of the best players on the team, but until you learn this lesson, I don't need you out on the court. And let me let you know, sometimes God has sat me down and put me on the sideline until I can learn the lesson and then get back in the game. Let's put that same verse up in the New International Version. Read it. For lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. Through many advisors. And when I say many advisors, it's not always just people. But sometimes it's a documentary. 
Sometimes it's a book from the library. Do you understand that I have had uh, John Maxwell coach me and I've never talked to him a day in my life. He don't know who I am, but I picked up his book and I read his knowledge and applied it to my life. It, it coached me from afar. You can't sit up and watch Netflix all day long and never put something in you that's going to help you. You can't be entertained forever. You have to learn something. You got to be disciplined if you want to win. Now, if you want to be mediocre, just do whatever you want to do. But if you want to win, it's going to cost you something. So somebody was talking to me. Actually, it was my therapist. She was talking to me, and I was telling her how I, I, I set up my routine. And she was asking me, how do I get self-care? What do I do? I was like, I do a lot of reading. And she was like, well, how many books do you read? I was like, uh, uh, last year I read 82 books. She was like, wow, that's amazing. I was like, well, it's not that big of a deal because 66 books are the Bible and the other 16 books were from other stuff. And she said, I don't care what it is, that is amazing that you take that time to read. But I learned that if you're going to be a good leader, you got to be a good reader. I don't want to get up here and have an empty mind and try to preach to y'all. So I grab in information. And even when I do watch Netflix, every now and then, I watch something that's mindless just to make me laugh. But I really want to learn something. I don't want to waste time. It's too late in the day not to know stuff. So when I'm scrolling through Facebook, I scroll by you. If all you're doing is fussing and complaining, I want to learn something. I want to see something. I want to grow. Coach me. Help me. Yes. People ask me, well, how how'd you learn how to dress? I, I looked up stuff. I looked up forms, and they told you what goes with what. It, you don't supposed to put stripes and checks together. You you got to do it the right way. I learned and studied, and once I studied, then I apply because I want to be coachable. All right, let's keep on going. Let's look at this. Proverbs 9, 9 through 10. Give instructions to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man. And he will increase in learning. When you give instructions to a wise man, they don't say, I already know. I, I, I know that. No, no. A wise man, even though he's wise, he always knows I can take some more instruction. I, yes, I'm the pastor of this church, but I can take some instruction from somebody who's not the pastor because we are a body ministry. So if I shut you out, I'm a fool. A wise man is always willing to take some instruction. Yeah. Let's go to the next verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Let me let you know something. The main coaching you need is you need somebody to coach you on the knowledge of the Holy One. Because that's where you get real insight from. I wonder how folk in the depression who barely had anything was able to come out of it because they had the knowledge of the Holy One and taught them how to stretch stuff, taught them how to invent stuff, taught them how to make stuff. And we've got all this technology and we can't hardly get over a hangnail and a headache, but we had folk that were picking cotton, being beat on their back, and somehow they rose. I need to understand what made you go through what you went through and when you trace it far enough there's a few exceptions but most of the time they have a deep faith in the Holy One they'll tell you how I held on is God got me through how I held on is the Holy Spirit told me to go here and the Holy Spirit told me to go there 
I've heard preachers who were down to their last meal and somebody showed up with a bag of groceries and they said the Holy Spirit told me to drop some food by your house. It blessed the giver as well as blessed the receiver to let them know it's the Holy Spirit that makes things profitable. It's the Holy Spirit that gets you out of a jam. It's the Holy Spirit that makes you look better than you should look. It's the Holy Spirit. And while you get knowledge of a new wig and a new car and the latest Jordans and the latest television and the latest iPhone and Android, baby, you need to get some knowledge of the Holy One. And if I was you, I would drop some of the other knowledge. Paul said, I count everything like dung. I count it as poop that I can grab a hold of Christ. I don't care what I learned in the street. If it ain't knowledge of the Holy One, I can let it go. Let me grab the Holy One because he's the one that built this universe. He's the one that put breath in my body. I'm made in the image of God. So let me learn about my maker. All right, let's, let's go on. And here's the reason why. It's but the helper, the uh -huh. Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You have a built-in teacher on the inside. Yeah. Yes, sometimes you need mentors. You need coaches. You need people around you. But there are some stuff you can't talk to nobody about. Because people know too much, you can't hardly tell. In other words, married people, if you begin to tell all your problems, it's going to make the person you talk to look funny at your spouse. So sometimes you got to keep stuff inside. But just because you keep stuff inside don't mean you got to suffer in silence. Sometimes you got to get by yourself and cry out to the Holy One and say, God, teach me. God help me God I can't make it without you God I need to know what to do I need to know what to uh, say I need to know where to go and the Holy Spirit will teach you I woke up not knowing what to do and by the end of the day I did everything I needed to do and didn't know how I was going to do it but somehow the Holy Spirit stepped up in me and began to talk through me and begin to walk through me and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I I am his own. I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is better than Siri. The Holy Spirit is better than Alexa. The Holy Spirit is better than Google. Just talk to the Holy Ghost. And sometimes people say, you're crazy if you talk to yourself. I say you're crazy if you don't. So if you see me walking around, moving my mouth, don't think I'm crazy. I'm talking to the Holy Ghost. And guess what? The reason why I keep winning is because the teacher on the inside of me, he keep hooking me up. Late in the midnight hour, he hooks me up. When it looks like I don't know what I'm going to do, he hooks me up. When I'm about to throw in the towel, he hooks me up. I'm so grateful I got a coach, and the coach lives on the inside. All right, number three. Point number three. Here, play to win. Listen, don't play. You're not going to play to win. I love my wife, but one of our first... Uh, arguments at my mama's house is when the family was playing spades. And she was my partner. She did something that messed us up. And then she said, it's only a game. No, we can't play together no more. <laughs> Cause 
we play for bragging rights. So if you if it's just a game to you, I need you to get up off the table. I need somebody who's going to play to win. And a lot of y'all, y'all show up to life, but you don't play to win. You get in stuff, and then you just, it, it's, it's like some of y'all had that same blank stare in your face. Like you don't know what's going on. No, play to win. If you're going to be in it, you better be in it to win it. We, when when I, I was playing at, at Heritage Hall, uh, our, my first, our first high school varsity basketball season, we went 0-15. We were horrible. We had a new coach, and we were horrible, and we lost every single game. But you know them cheerleaders, they kept coming out, and they, they would say, you got to want it to win it, and we want it bad. You got to want it to win it. And we wanted back. Guess what? I was over there chanting and cheering. I knew we wasn't going to win because we was horrible. But they built a faith in me that that never has left me. You got to want it to win it. And you got to want it back. The reason why you don't win is because the devil wants it more than you want. Listen, devil, you got to wake up a whole lot earlier in the morning to tear me down. I know who I am. I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I want it. I want it bad. And I'm going to win. Well, you didn't win today. Well, watch me tomorrow. Well, you're not going to win tomorrow. Well, watch me the next day. I ain't going to quit because I read the back of the book. And in the back of the book, we win. All I got to do is hold out until my chains come. I'm playing to win somebody said you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take don't come in there and just be holding the ball you wasting time I need somebody that's going to shoot dribble shoot pass do something because we trying to win you got too many church folk that all they know is well when I die I'm going to heaven and that's all it is but what you going to do while you get there Till you get there. Because there is a born on date and then there is a death date and in between is a dash. But the most important is what you do in the dash. And a lot of folk don't want to do nothing. I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. But who knows it? Who have you witnessed to? Who have you prayed for? Is your light shining? If you're going to be on my team, I want somebody ready to win. I don't want nobody in the back and crying. I want somebody ready to win. I want somebody who believes we can win. Yeah. And sometimes you got people on your team when you talk about winning. Well, I don't know if we should do that. We, we want to build a new fellowship hall. Well, you know. Uh, the economy's rough and you don't know who's going to get in office. Shut up. I don't want to hear all the negative stuff. I want somebody who's ready to win. All right. Read, read this verse as they put it up. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Run to win. Because in this life, it's like a race. Everybody can't get the prize. So I love you over there and I love you over there, but right now I got to focus on the finish line. I can't be so worried about what you're doing in your relationship. Some of y'all are so worried about everybody else's relationship, you don't have a relationship of your own. Ooh, so-and-so is cheating on so-and-so. Why are you worried about that and you ain't got nobody? Why don't you focus on the finish line 
Stop worrying about everybody else's business. And the problem with pastoring in a small town, everybody know everybody's stuff and can't none of us move forward. When some people walk in the door, ooh, that's so-and-so. You know what so-and-so did? Shut up about that. We trying to win. Maybe the reason why they came in the door because they don't want to be so-and-so anymore. And all you're doing is looking at them. And while you're looking at them, they about to hurdle over you and be what God wants them to be. So run to win. All right, read this. The next one. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Uh They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. All real athletes, especially professional athletes, they train and they train their bodies to receive a reward that's going to fade away. That, that trophy that uh, Peyton Manning was holding, it, it, he can't take it with him to eternity. It's, it's just a temporal thing. But they work all their life for something that's going to fade away. But what about us who's working on an eternal prize and we won't even run to win? We won't even discipline ourselves so we can win. We won't even focus so we can win. We don't even know simple stuff. Years ago, I was a youth pastor. And so we were uh, doing a little icebreaker. And so... I started a little icebreaker with, with the, the young people, and they were probably around uh, 12, 13, 11, 12, 13. And so I thought a little icebreaker, just some Bible questions. And I was like, Moses, is that Old Testament, New Testament? Nobody raised their hand. And I was like, no, go, go ahead, uh, raise your hand. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give a prize. And one said, um, New Testament. And everybody's like, yeah, I think he's New Testament. I'm like, wait a second, these are kids that have been in church all their life. With parents who've been in church all their life. And they don't know if Moses is Old Testament or New Testament. I learned something valuable as a leader that a lot of times people are going to church, but they don't take church home with them. And they don't train their kids. The reason why the kids didn't know nothing is because the parents didn't know nothing. But they was coming to church all the time. And that's back in, in when we stayed in church all day. You staying in church all day, but it's not making a difference because you're not here to win. In other words, you don't take it home with you. It's not real to you. The old saints would say, real, real. Jesus is real to me. So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. That is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. But I found out a lot of times the old church was just based on, as long as I can impress you, I'm doing okay. If the church mother thinks I'm, my dress is long enough, I'm good. But they're not taking the religion home. They, there's no real relationship. Listen, I'm not trying to build a church where you do all your work in here to impress other people. I'm trying to build a church that you want to impress God because you're in it to win it. Yeah. Win what? A house? A car, a relationship. Yes, I talk about all those things, but those are byproducts. In other words, we want to win in eternity. What you don't get here doesn't make a difference if you don't win in eternity. That's why I invite people to call on the name of the Lord and don't worry about all the hangups and the hiccups because I want them to win in eternity. And what I've learned throughout the scripture is what they don't learn here. They'll learn it in eternity, but at least they can learn it where it's cool and not hot. Let's read this next verse. So I run with purpose in every step. 
I am not just shadow boxing. Paul said, I run with purpose, but every step. Now, now think about the, the, the analogy he's using. He's in, using the analogy of a race. He says, so when I'm running, I don't just start shadow boxing. That would make no sense to be boxing an imaginary enemy while everybody is running ahead of me. You know, I have purpose in every step. What I do, I do on purpose because I'm trying to get a prize. So there are some things I can't do. There's some places I can't go. There's some people I can't be with, not because I don't like them, but they hinder me from getting to my prize. There's some folk I will not debate with. There's some folk I will not argue with because it's like shadow boxing. Here's the thing. When you argue with a fool, all it does is turn you into a fool too. Amen. Sometimes you just got to be silent and keep on running. If you want to get up with me, you got to you got to be running next to me or in order to talk to me because I don't have time for the foolishness. I don't have time for the dumb stuff. I'm running a race and I'm running with purpose. purpose. All right. Now look at this. Read this. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what mm-hmm. it should. Otherwise. I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I love Paul's mindset. He said, even though I'm preaching to others, I don't want to fool myself just because I'm up here preaching that I didn't arrive. No, I want to run and I want to win. I don't want to be disqualified. And once you realize you might be disqualified, you change how you act. Um, watching my daughter play basketball and she got a couple fouls and I tried to let her know you got four fouls. So it means you can't foul no more. So the way you've been playing defense, you got to adjust. If you want to stay in the game, you have to abide by certain rules. You, you have to be more thoughtful. You can't just swipe at the ball because you might get disqualified. And here, let me tell some of you Christians, you're on the verge of getting disqualified because you don't have purpose in everything you do. Get some discipline in your life. Stop doing silly stuff so you won't be disqualified unnecessarily. Here's the problem. When you are a team and a person gets disqualified, everybody suffers. Because we can't count on you. Uh, Draymond Green, as good as he is, a little bit loose screw in the head. And he allows his emotions to get ahead of him and then he gets suspended and kicked out. You can't help me if you get kicked out. I need you on the team so we can do what we need to do. And let me talk to you, Deliverance Temple. I don't need you being disqualified. I don't need you doing dumb stuff. I don't need you acting a fool because we're trying to win. And let me tell you the reason why a lot of folk in the world don't want to fool with folk in the church because we do a whole bunch of disqualifying stuff. Yeah, preach it. What do you mean? We act just like them. And they wonder, if you're going to be just like me, why should I waste my time coming where you coming if we end up going to be the same? Yeah. Ain't no need me getting up and going to church with you because once you leave church, you ain't no different than I am. If we're going to be the same, we might as well stay in the bed together. But baby, if you're going to get up out your bed and come to the house of God and you're going to log in online, you might as well make it worth your while. You might as well turn it into a W-I-N. You might as well turn it into a win. 
I'm not saying you can't make mistakes. I'm not saying you can't struggle. But you know the difference between struggle and just ain't doing nothing. Some people just want to come to church to see their friend. So I, listen, if, if, if you're doing all that, you're wasting your time. You might as well talk to them later. I'm coming to church because I need a touch from the Lord. I need something that can revolutionize my life. One word from God can turn a situation upside down, right side up. I'm not here to play. I'm here to get the presence of the Lord. And when church is over, I still want the presence of the Lord. I need them on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and back on Sunday because I'm in it to win it. I'm playing to I want to get in the game, but since I'm in the game, I want to play to win. Before I move on, and I know this is Super Bowl, but I'm talking about a lot of basketball stuff, but one when I was in eighth grade, uh, I got in the game, and they took me right out. You know why they took me out? Because they ran a play that was too far in the book. I didn't read that far. I read a few plays, and that was good enough for me. So they put me in specifically to run the play. And the man passed the ball, but I ran that way. And the ball went over my head. And the coach, uh, as soon as he could, he got me out and sat me down. It was nobody's fault but my own because I didn't do what was necessary to stay on the court. Some of y'all get mad when somebody else is getting blessed, but they're doing what's necessary to stay on the court. They know the plays. They know how to run the plays. They're, re they're ready to be there when it's time. Guess what? They show up for practice. Uh, some people, they only want to show up when the blessing is there. When, when everybody can see it. But other people, they practice when nobody's looking and nobody's watching. And those are the people who are going to win in this season. They are prepared and they're ready and they're playing to win. Somebody say, I'm going to play to win. Here, point number four, pick the best teammate. This is my last point. I'm closing from here. Pick the best teammate. Back in the day, if you were lucky enough to have the first pick, you have two people and you're choosing teams. If you get the first pick, you know you pick the best player available. Because that might tip the scale in your favor. If you can pick the best. There, there's a story of Bobby Knight talking to um, the Portland Trailblazers at the time because they, in the 1984, they had the number one pick in the draft. And Bobby Knight said, pick Michael Jordan. And it's like, we, we don't want to pick him because we need a center. Bobby Knight says, pick him and play him at center. He's the best person in the draft. But like, there's like, oh, but we don't need him. We already got Clyde Drexler. We already got somebody similar to him. Bobby said, I don't care who you got. Pick the best player available because Bobby had took him in the Olympics and he knew they didn't know and they didn't get championships. Still didn't get a championship from that, from 84 to now. They ain't won a championship and the Bulls won six because they picked the best player available. When you got a chance, pick the best Teammate possible. I'm coming to a close, but let me just throw this in because we're getting close to Valentine's Day. Let me just throw this in there. Well, this one here treats me right. This one here takes care of my bills. This one here is so kind to me. This one here texts me good morning. 
But this one over here is a bad boy, and I just like bad boys. Stop being foolish. Pick the best one available. But I just like the way he walked with his muscles, and he might walk upside your head. Pick the best one available. So that way you don't have to come to me for counseling crying because you follow something stupid. Everything is telling you is red flags over here. You know, I just like a red flag. You fool, pick the best available. That goes to you men too. Oh, I just like the way she's shaped, but she burns up Hot Pockets. That may not be the one you won't cooking dinner for you. She, she look good, but she musty. She don't wear deodorant. That may not be the best for you. Pick the best available. Now, let me get off of that. Let me come to a close with this. Read this. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Gives us the what? Victory. Victory through him. In other words, you have the first pick of the draft, and Jesus is right there. You can pick a bunch of other stuff, but Jesus is right there. And here it says, if you pick him, victory is guaranteed to come through him. Put the verse back up. I'm going to read it real quick. It says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse, read it. Mother Mitchell. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you got the best one available, I don't care what storm shows up in your life. I don't care what depression shows up in your life. I don't care what debt shows up in your life. If you pick the right one, if God is on your team, I don't care who is against you. I don't care if the devil brings every uh, imp, demon, and devil that's ever been known to man. You will still rise to the top if you got the right one on your team. And I'm here to let you know you got the right one, baby. And his name is J-E-S-U-S. His name is G-O-N-D. His name is Jehovah. His name is Yahweh. His name is Adonai. His name is Lord. His name is Master. His name is King of Kings. And if you put him on your team, you're guaranteed to get the victory. Like the old Cajun man said, I guarantee you get the victory. All right, just in case, I want you to read this next part. Read it. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. As long as we got the one that loves us, we're more than conquerors. Even though it looks like we're losing all the other parts of the game, if we got the one who loved us, we're more than conquerors. I'm not just a winner. I'm more than a winner. I'm not just a winner. I'm a champion. I'm not just a winner. I'm standing on the top heap because I got the best teammate available. Read this, mother. Next one. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers. Well, let me just basically put it to you like this. Anything that gets thrown at you, it don't make a difference. It don't mean you want all those things. I'm not saying you want all those things. We're human. But I'm living witness that everything that has thrown, been thrown at me, I still have come through every single thing. Yeah. 
I've come through everything that was supposed to take me out. I come through everything that was supposed to make me lose my mind. I come through everything that was going to cause my marriage to crumble. I come through everything that would cause me to lose this church. I come through everything that would cause me to lose my house and my car. I've come through everything because I got the best teammate. And let me be honest, there were times I didn't even get to fight. Because he was fighting on my behalf. He told me, go ahead and sit on the bench and take a rest. I got this from here. And I'm so grateful that he loves me. He loves me enough to put me on the top when you tried to put me on the bottom. He loves me enough to raise me to a new level when the devil tried to bring me down. As long as I got King Jesus. Read one more. Last one. Nor height, nor depth. Nor anything else in all creation. Nor anything in all creation. Will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who? What makes me win is because he loves me so much. He loves me too much to leave me as a loser. Yes, there's been time I had a big fat L on my head and the devil was trying to put it on my forehead to tell me that I was a loser. But somehow the L turned into a W. Some of y'all know it because y'all used to change your F's into A's to make your report card look better. Well, God didn't turn my F into an A. I was flunking. I was failing. But I know a God that turned the situation around. It looked like I should have lost my mind. But I'm preaching here today in my coat's gear. Because I have a super God on a super Sunday. I know a God that will make the supernatural show up in your life. I know a God that can turn a situation around. It's all because he loves me and he loves you. Stand to your feet. We're going to go ahead with this last point summary. This is how we close. Here's the summary. Prepare to win. Plan to be coached. Play to win. And pick Jesus. And watch the supernatural show up in your life. I'm going to say it two more times. Prepare to win. Plan to be coached. Play to win. Pick Jesus. And watch the supernatural show up in your life. Prepare to win, plan to be coached, play to win, pick Jesus, and watch the supernatural show up in your life. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Somebody say, it's winning time. It's winning time. On this Super Sunday, it's winning time. Devil, I serve your notice. It's our winning time. Demons, I serve you. Notice, it's our winning time. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, it's our time to shine and it's our time to win. But God, if we pick you, that's that's more than half the battle. We get you and we follow, we get prepared. We get serious, we get dedicated, we go all after it. People are going to see the supernatural like we've never seen it before. And we're going to be able to say, this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And somebody say, amen. Amen. God bless you. See you next week.